Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 24 of my Train Your Mind for Athletic Success podcast. This is the second of two episodes that explores the importance of confidence on sports performance. The topic of today's episode is tools for building confidence. The ultimate goal of prime confidence is to develop a strong and resilient belief in your athletic ability so that you have the confidence to give your best effort, perform at your highest level, and believe you can achieve your goals in the most important competitions of your life. I've identified seven tools that you can use to create a virtuous cycle that will lead to prime confidence. Each tool alone can enhance your confidence, but if you use all of them together, you'll find your confidence growing significantly stronger and more quickly. The first tool is preparation. Preparation breeds confidence. This preparation includes the physical, technical, tactical, equipment, and mental parts of your sport and means putting in the necessary time and effort into every aspect of your training. If you've developed these areas as fully as you can, you'll have faith that you'll be able to use those capabilities gained from preparation to perform as well as you can in competition. The more of these areas you fully address in your preparation, the more confidence you will breed in yourself. My goal for you is that when you arrive at a competition that you can say this, I'm as prepared as I can be to achieve my goals. And that statement alone exudes confidence because ultimately that's all you can do is be prepared. From Hope Solo, the Olympic and World Cup winning goalkeeper, confidence comes from our preparation because we know we're damned good. Second, mental tools. Mental tools reinforce confidence. I encourage you to create a mental toolbox inside of which you will put essential mental tools that you will need in training and competition. Fortunately, your mental toolbox doesn't weigh anything, even when it's filled with tools. You can use these mental tools in two ways. First, you can fine-tune yourself, making subtle adjustments to get the most out of your performances. Second, just like having a spare tire, a tire urn, and a jack if you get a flat tire while driving, the tools in your mental toolbox are available when you have breakdowns in your sport and you need to fix a problem. For example, if you get nervous before a competition, you can pull out the relaxation tool. If you get distracted, you can pull out your focus tool. Mental tools that you can place in your mental toolbox can include inspirational thoughts and images to bolster your motivation, positive self-talk and strong body language to fortify your confidence, intensity control to combat confidence-depleting anxiety, keywords to maintain focus and avoid distractions, and emotional control techniques to calm yourself under pressure. Throughout my podcast, I'll be offering you a wealth of mental tools you can use to fix the many quote-unquote flat tires you will inevitably experience in your athletic life. From the movie boxer Rocky Balboa, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Next tool, adversity. Adversity ingrains confidence. Exposing yourself to adversity offers so many psychological and emotional benefits to you. Confidence is one mental area in which adversity can be a powerful tool for its development. To more deeply ingrain confidence, you should expose yourself to as much adversity as possible in training. Adversity can be environmental obstacles such as bad weather during soccer practice or strong headwinds in a running workout. Adversity can also involve your practice opponent, for example, someone who is a little better than you or has a style of play that frustrates you. Training for adversity has several key benefits. Adversity increases your belief that you can respond positively to the inevitable difficult conditions 
you're going to face when you compete because you've shown yourself that you can overcome them in training. It shows you ways to adapt to the adversity so you can make those adjustments in competition that will be necessary for you to perform your best. Training for adversity also familiarizes you with hard conditions. So when you get to a competition with such demands, you'll be confident enough to stay positive and motivated in the face of those challenges. Plus, training for adversity just makes you feel tough. From a Nike ad, the road to athletic greatness is not marked by perfection, but the ability to overcome adversity and failure. Another key rule is risks. You want to take risks and, of course, succeed as much as you can. Risk-taking is absolutely essential for athletic success. The ability to get out of your comfort zone and push the limits of your capabilities is a requirement for any athlete who aspires to greatness in sports. Risk-taking is a valuable tool for stretching yourself beyond your self-imposed limitations and in doing so, bolstering that virtuous cycle of confidence and performance. Just taking risks takes a certain amount of confidence because an inherent aspect of risks, of course, is that you might fail. But the consequences of failure from taking risks are far outweighed by the benefits to your confidence when you do take risks and succeed. Now let's be realistic here. Risk by definition involves pushing outside of your comfort zone and extending your perceived capabilities. After succeeding from risk, you come to believe that you can do more than you thought you could. And by extension, your confidence in those newly expanded capabilities grows. When risk-taking pays off, it's like taking a shot of pure oxygen for your body. There's a strong emotional component as it produces a rush of fulfillment, pride, inspiration, and excitement from the accomplishment. You feel stronger mentally and are empowered to continue to take risks to succeed. An unknown quote, the quickest way to acquire self-confidence is to do exactly what you're afraid to do. The next tool is support. Support bolsters confidence. The reality is it's difficult to achieve success on your own. The very best athletes in every sport have many people supporting them. There will be times when things are not going well and it helps to have people, for example, family, friends, coaches, and teammates to whom you can turn for support and encouragement. Though your confidence may wax and wane depending upon how you're feeling, the quality of your training, and your recent competitive results, you want people in your life whose confidence in you never wavers and who you can count on to give you a booster shot of confidence. For example, having a coach say, I know you can do this, or a friend tell you, hang in there, things will turn around. Because support is so important to building, maintaining, and regaining confidence, you should actively seek out support and build a network of people who can support you in different ways. Support can come in many forms from many types of people. You might need, for example, technical support from your coach if you're struggling with your form. A conditioning coach can support you when you need help with your fitness. From family and friends, you can receive emotional support, particularly when you feel like you're in a performance slump of some sort. It's helpful to have support for your injuries from a sports medicine team that might include an orthopedist, physical therapist, and massage therapist. And of course, a sports psychologist or mental coach can support your psychological and emotional needs. From the actor Nicolas Cage, if you have people that totally support you and have your back, I feel like you have all the confidence in the world and you believe that you can do things that most people can't achieve. The next tool is success. Success validates confidence. All the previous steps in building confidence will go for naught 
if you don't then perform well and achieve your goals. Success acts to validate the confidence you've developed in your ability. It demonstrates that your belief in your ability is well-founded. Success further strengthens your confidence, making it more resilient in the face of adversity and poor performances. Success also rewards your efforts to build confidence, encouraging you to continue to work hard and develop your capabilities. But when I talk about success, I don't just mean competitive success, at least not right away. I often hear athletes say things like, I just need a win to get my confidence back. But I would suggest that the chances of a win are very low if you lack confidence. It comes down to the classic, which comes first, the chicken or the egg conundrum. Do you gain confidence by being successful? Or are you successful from being confident? My answer to this puzzler is yes. What I mean is that both are true. But the first thing you need is the confidence that you develop through the other tools. Once you have a basic level of confidence, then you can begin to use successes to build your confidence further. Another point of clarification. When I say success, I don't mean a big victory. As I suggested above, you can't just go out and have a big success to give yourself confidence. Your initial goal is to create little victories every day in training. After a workout, you should be able to say that you just won that day by doing what you needed to do. For example, working hard, listening to your coaches, improving technically, tactically, or physically, keeping at it even when it really hurts, overcoming adversity, and raising your game just a little to achieve your long-term goals. With each small victory in training that you accumulate, you gain incrementally more confidence until it is high enough so that you're now ready for that big victory. Namely, performing your best, getting a great result, and achieving your competitive goals. From an unknown quote, confidence comes naturally with success, but success comes only to those who are confident. The final tool, positive self-talk. One of the most powerful mental tools you have at your disposal to build your confidence is positive self-talk. What you say to yourself off the field of play, when you're training and during competitions impacts what you think, how you feel, and ultimately how you perform. It also will determine the quality of your workouts and your results in competitions. Whatever you think more of, whether positive or negative, will determine the road you go down. Yet, negativity is rampant in the sports world, especially among young athletes. You hear, I can't do this, or I'm terrible, or some variation like that. And that negativity sucks the life and love out of your sports participation. If your talk is negative, your thoughts and feelings will be negative. Negative self-talk involves saying or thinking anything that reflects a lack of confidence. For example, I'm going to do lousy today, I stink, or I can't deal with these conditions. If you say these things, you're convincing yourself that you have little chance. You're becoming your own worst enemy. With that attitude, you really have no chance because not only are your opponents against you, but you are against you as well. Your motivation will disappear, you'll get nervous, you'll lose focus, and you'll feel frustration, anger, or despair. And you will definitely not be having fun out there. In contrast, if your talk is positive, your thoughts and feelings will be positive too. Don't say, I don't have a chance. Say, I'm going to try my hardest today and I'm going to perform the best I can. That will get you positive and fired up. By using positive self-talk, you will be your best ally out there. You show yourself that despite the fact that your opponents want to beat you, you're not going to beat yourself. Positive self-talk helps in so many ways. 
It increases your motivation to work hard because you believe that your efforts will be rewarded. You're relaxed and focused because you know you can handle anything that's thrown at you in training your competition. Your emotions reflect your positive self-talk with feelings of excitement and pride and inspiration. Most importantly, positive self-talk helps keep your mind strong and your body going, especially when your body starts to weaken. As your body wears down late in training and in competitions, it will communicate to your mind that it's had enough. I get the point. We can stop now. If your mind listens to your body and responds with negative self-talk, my body is so tired I can't go on. This hurts too much to continue. Your body will take over your mind. Your mind and body will give up and you will fail to achieve your goals. Positive self-talk can help your mind assert itself over your body. So when your body is yelling at you to stop, your mind can say, no, keep going, that's an order. And your body will almost always keep going. From the mindfulness expert, Ruth Fischel, brainwave tests prove that when we use positive words, our feel-good hormones flow. Positive self-talk releases endorphins and serotonin in our brain, which then flow throughout our bodies, making us feel good. These neurotransmitters stop flowing when we use negative words. Now, positive self-talk is a simple but not easy tool. It's simple because all you have to do is replace your negative self-talk with positive statements. It's not easy because you may have developed some very poor self-talk habits that are difficult to change. You begin retraining your self-talk by looking at the situations in which you tend to become negative. For example, when you're doing a really painful strength workout, you're in a competition with a really tough field, or you're in a slump. Next, figure out exactly why you become negative in those situations. Common reasons I found include fatigue, boredom, pain, frustration, despair, being behind or losing. All athletes have hot button issues that trigger negativity. Finding out what yours are is essential to changing your self-talk. Then, monitor what you say to yourself. I found that athletes tend to rely on a favorite negative self-talk when their buttons get pushed. For example, gosh, I suck, you're such a loser, or what's the point of even trying? Realizing what you say and how bad it is for you is an important first step in changing your self-talk. For most of the athletes I've worked with, there's a consistent pattern of the situations in which negative self-talk arises, the causes of the negativity, and the specific self-talk they express. Then, before you go out and face those hot-button situations again that typically lead to negativity, choose some positive self-talk with which you can replace your usual negative self-talk. The positive self-talk should be encouraging, but it must also be realistic. If you say things like, I love being out here, when you really don't, or I'm feeling so strong, even when you really don't, there's no way you'll buy what you're saying. Acknowledging the hot-button, but putting a positive and realistic spin on it will help make it more likely you'll believe what you're saying, such as, if I keep working hard, good things are going to happen. Or, this really hurts, but it's money in the bank for my race. By putting the self-talk tool in your toolbox before your buttons get pushed, you'll have more ready access to it and have a better chance of responding more positively. At this point, training yourself to use positive self-talk depends on your ongoing commitment to and focus on developing self-talk. Because negative self-talk can be so ingrained, you'll have to constantly remind yourself to be positive. Realizing when hot-button situations are approaching will also prepare you for your buttons to get pushed and help you focus on what you say when it happens. 
At first, you'll probably fall off the wagon and slip back to your old negative ways for a while. But just accept it as part of the process and return to being positive when you realize it. With time and persistence, you'll see a gradual shift away from negativity and toward positivity until you realize that you just went through one of those hot button situations and you stayed positive. From the noted motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar, a negative thinker sees a difficulty in every opportunity. A positive thinker sees an opportunity in every difficulty. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 24 of Train Your Mind for Athletic Success. And be on the lookout for episode 25 in the future.